Turn with me to the book of 1 John, chapter 4, 1 John, chapter 4, verse 1. If you were not here in the Sunday evening service, or if you were busy during the Sunday evening service, uh, then uh, you uh, did not see the video on uh, the uh, seduction of the church that we showed during the service by Dr. Ron Rhodes. It was fascinating. And then when I began studying for the uh, uh, message this evening, uh, boy, so much of what he said just jumped right back out in my memory. Uh, It was pretty incredible. Let's, uh, you follow along as I read aloud. Verses 1 through 4, 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. This is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Year of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, if you mark in your Bible, let me encourage you to mark the last part of, of verse 2 and the last part of verse 4. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He begins this passage, believe not every spirit, believe not every spirit. The word spirit here is breath, pneuma. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. God is a spirit, John chapter 4 tells us. Uh, Those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. We know his presence here tonight. We don't see him. We may not be able to feel him as far as uh, feeling goes, but we sense his presence. But every spirit is not of God. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Try the spirits. How do you try the Spirit? Test them. Just test them. Well, how do you test the spirits? Well, you test them from the Word of God. Test them according to the Word of God. Is what they are saying biblical? If they are prophesying spirits, is what they prophesy coming true? Has it come true? Is it a general prophecy or is it a specific prophecy? Now, I can make a general prophecy. In fact, I'm prophesying that if Jesus doesn't come, to, come back tonight, most of us are getting up in the morning. Okay? We're not all going to like it. <laughs> but we're going to get up anyhow. Yeah, but pretty broad. Okay? And probably not a prophecy at all. Now, if if I tell you that Jesus Christ is coming back tomorrow, that's a specific prophecy. Okay? 
And if he does, then you'll know I told you the truth. If he doesn't come back tomorrow, then you'll know that I am a false prophet. And what's the biblical mandate about false prophets? They are to be stoned to death. Not stoned, stoned to death. Okay? Big difference in modern terminology. Back in the, back in the time when the uh, Bible was translated into English, if it said stone somebody, it means take rocks and drop it on them till they're dead. Take rocks and hit them in the head till they expire. But that's not what it means today. Tr- believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they're of God. Turn with me to Second Peter chapter two. Second Peter chapter two. That's just back uh, a couple of pages. Second Peter chapter two, because Peter deals with this very subject at great length in chapter two, in chapter two of Second Peter, verses all the way through verse twenty-two. He's dealing not with the subject of ungodly spirits, but false prophets who are influenced by these ungodly spirits. And Peter says, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false prophets among you, who privately, privily, shall bring in damnable heresies. What is a damnable heresy? You say, Brother Casey, did you just use a curse word? No, it has become a curse word, but no, that's not a curse word. That is an old English word that means a heresy that causes death. A heresy that condemns people to death. Condemns people to hell, in fact. Who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. And bring upon themselves swift destruction. That's just the first verse. And look what all that says. He says, there shall be false prophets among you. Among you. Prophets that are privately going to bring in damnable heresies. What is a damnable heresy? It's a heresy that is so close to the truth that you can't hardly tell the difference. It's not something that's totally opposite. Atheism is not a damnable heresy. Why not? Because it doesn't deceive me at all. I know those people are wrong. But somebody who comes along and says, well, there is a God. And we call his name Jehovah. And he had a son named Jesus. And another saying son named Lucifer, and Jesus was the good son, and Lucifer was the bad son. And if you follow our religion, we will help your family to be strong and secure and loving. And, and hey, and, and you can even call yourself a Mormon if you want to. You see, the doctrine's close. There is one God. But to say that he used to be like us is wrong. He wants us to be like him. But he didn't, he'd not ever been like we are. He's never sinned. 
He had a son, Jesus, but his son, Jesus, was eternal and was part of the Godhead and is eternal forever from everlasting to everlasting. That's who Jesus is. That's who the Holy Spirit is. That's who the Father is. Distinct in personalities, but one in nature. They are God. Not God's. God. Singular. And to say that Lucifer, who's a created being, was the same as Jesus, and Jesus was a created being, that is heresy, and it is a damnable heresy. But we can go much closer to home than that. A man wrote a book about the gospel. Good news of Jesus Christ. And he said, we were not saved by the death of Christ on the cross. We were saved by the life of Christ. Okay? Now, if you read what he said and you listen to his explanation, you understand that what he meant was Jesus had to live a perfect life in order for his death to mean anything to us. But that's not what he said. What he said was that it's the life of Christ that saves us, not his death. It is the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, that cleanses us from all sin. And so if you believe that Jesus saved by being a good example, that is a damnable heresy. Peter said there's going to be false prophets even among you. Oh, one of the more popular preachers in America today. Doesn't believe that Jews are going to die and go to hell if they don't know Christ. If they don't accept Christ as Savior. Okay? That's a damnable heresy for Jews who think, I don't have to accept Jesus as a Messiah. I can still go to heaven just because I'm Jewish. Because I believe in God. No, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So if you can get to heaven believing anything else other than Jesus, then Jesus lied. And the Word of God is a lie. And we know it's not. There were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. You say, you mean they deny Jesus? Well, sure, if you deny His Word, you've denied Him. That's why when I hear that someone is disturbed... By the preaching of the Word of God. Oh, my heart aches for them. My heart aches for them. Because Jesus is the Word. And this is the Word. One's the written Word. The other's the living Word. But both of them are established forever in heaven. And you have a problem with the Word of God. You have a problem with God Himself. And they bring upon themselves swift destruction. Many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. 
Well, people are going to think that fundamental Christians are evil because they believe that homosexuality is a sin. They believe that same-sex marriage is not marriage at all. It's an abomination to God. That adultery and fornication and theft and murder... And it doesn't matter whether you're stealing from God or stealing from people around you or stealing from the government. Theft is theft. Thou shalt not steal. And covetousness. Oh, people who have to gamble so they can get something that's not theirs. I am always intrigued by how big the lottery gets. Powerball. hundred and... million, something like that, this past week. Okay? They pay out 40% of all the income. 40%, okay? So, take 140, I mean, excuse me, 161 million times 2, and then add 10% to that. Okay, see where we're going here? No, add 50% to that. Okay? And you'll see how much money had to be wagered, had to be thrown away in order for them to get $161 million for the, for the payout. What happens to the rest of the money? <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about that. Okay? This is not prophetic. Okay? I'm, I'm just quoting them. Okay? It goes to education. Now go ahead and take. It's not educating people to help them not to be stupid enough to play, pay the lottery. It's not educating children in the schools. No, it's educating the people on the gambling commission how to become wealthier. Okay, and some of them it appears to have it figured out. You just keep promoting the lottery, and the money keeps rolling in. Why? Because people don't recognize gambling as covetousness, a violation of the Tenth Commandment. I have to ask you a question. If God knows you need something and you are giving yourself to God in obedience to His Word, do you think He's going to have to let you win the lottery for you to get it? Of course not. blesses his children any way he wants to. And you won't have to buy a ticket. And through covetousness, whoa, that jumped out there, didn't it? Through covetousness shall they with feigned words, that means fake words, okay? they're going to sound good, but they're going to be lying, Make merchandise of you. Make merchandise of you. Do you realize you cannot have a happy Christmas, a merry Christmas, without spending a couple of hundred dollars on your kids? Or your pastor? Oh, those were feigned words, weren't they? Sorry about that. Okay. Through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. 
man. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not. And their damnation slumbereth not. They're going to pay. They're going to pay. They're going to pay. One of the reasons that my tithe is sent to the church every week out of my bank account without ever passing through my hands is because I don't want to stand before God and try to explain why I stole from Him. Okay? I don't have any good excuses for doing that when He's given me everything I have. Verse 4, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them an example unto those that afterwards should live ungodly, America's not very good at picking up on examples, are we? <clears throat> and delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. What's that mean? That means, hey, you believe what you want to believe, I'll believe what I want to believe. Yeah, you say that's the Word of God, but I don't think God really meant that. I mean, times have changed. What they never tell you is there are two things that have not changed. People have not changed. And the Word of God has not changed. Okay? Yeah, the times have changed. But America is in for destruction. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignity. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. And then it gets personal. Spots are they and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. He's talking about people in the church who don't believe the Word of God. People in the church who are disobedient to the Word of God. Having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin beguiling unstable souls. A heart they have exercised with covetous practices, they are cursed children, 
which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way, the way of Balaam, the son of Bezor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The donkey, speaking with man's voice, forbade the madness of the prophet. He was going down there to pronounce a curse on God's people for money. Balak had hired him to come down. And he begged God to let him go until God finally said, okay, you can go, but you can't say anything but what I tell you. And as he's riding the donkey down to Balak's kingdom, he's already thinking in his mind how he's going to work it out so that he gets the money and he curses God's people and he gets by with it because he wants the money. And what did the donkey say? I mean, he's beating on this donkey because this donkey stopped in the middle of the road. And the donkey says, how come you're beating on me? Haven't I always done everything you wanted? And Balaam answered him back. Would you talk to your donkey if he started talking to you? Would you talk to your dog if your dog started talking to you? Yeah. Some of us men are so careful about this. We don't even talk to our wives if we can help it. Just kidding. Another feigned word. <coughs> wow. These are wells without water. They look like they have water, but when you get there, they're dry. Clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. Those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog has turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. See, what's that saying? These people were Christians? No, these people were in the church, and they knew that they heard the truth. And they rejected it, went on their way. That's what he's saying. And so he tells us here in First John chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. So how do we try the spirits? First of all, what do the spirits say about Jesus? Every spirit that saith that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. If you think that somebody's demon-possessed and you think they're in a demonically possessed episode, I mean the demon is in control, ask them. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh? 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Do you believe that He has come in the flesh? A demon can't tell you yes. Everyone that says that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. That's one of the ways you know. Secondly, not only what do they say about Jesus, what do they say, what, what do they emphasize in their ministry? If we're talking about people, about preachers, about false prophets, what do they emphasize? I'll tell you what, if I was going to be a false prophet, I'd follow Joyce Meyer. I kid you not. She's smooth. She's slick. She ignores the verse that says women are not. Uh, the verse that says women are to be the husband, uh, pastor. Excuse me. Pastors are to be the husband of one wife. She ignores that verse. And then she ignores the verse that says women are to keep silent in the church. They're not to usurp authority over the men. And then she teaches that if you want something bad enough, just picture it in your mind. God will give it to you. Name it and claim it. The prayer of faith will get you whatever you want. Just a word of faith. And that is a damnable heresy. What's our emphasis? Our emphasis is, hey, help me out. Send me some money. I'll use it to reach other people to have them send me some money. Maybe God will send you some money. Okay. And it goes on and on. Oh, Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Oral Roberts. A 60-foot Jesus appeared to Oral Roberts and told him that if he didn't raise a certain amount of money within a certain time frame, he was going to kill him. Where's that in Scripture? God wants to kill you. He doesn't have to show up and tell you he's going to. He just cuts off the air supply. I mean, that's nuts. What do they believe about the Bible? What do you mean by the case? Well, do they believe that every word of this book is true? Okay. And here's my doctrinal statement. I believe that the Word of God is without error. And was verbally and plenary inspired. Plenary means every word start to finish. Verbal means the word was given by the Holy Spirit. And the writers wrote it down as he told them what to say. In the original autographs. You say, well, where are the original autographs? Where's the original, the originals? They're no longer in existence. Except in heaven. So, Brother Casey, you don't believe that the book you're holding is inerrant and infallible? Oh, yeah, let's move on. I believe that the Holy Spirit, who promised to preserve the Word of God, did so in the King James. Okay? I recognize that over the years, some words have changed their meanings. But when that shows up, it's pretty clear. 
And anybody who has studied the Word of God has heard men say that that word has changed to mean this. For example, the word let no longer mean or, or never did mean to allow like we use it now. It meant to hinder. So that word has changed. So in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 where it says, He who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way. It's talking about the Holy Spirit who hindered and will continue to hinder until he's taken away. When will that be? It'll be in the tribulation period when the church is gone. Will the Holy Spirit still work here on the earth? Yeah, because people get saved through the Holy Spirit. But he's not going to rule and reign like he does now. He's going to do like he did in the Old Testament, coming to specific individuals at specific times. So what do they believe about the Bible? That's how you try the spirits. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, verse 2, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard it should come, and even now is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so the third thing I want to emphasize here is that we are to resist the devil. We are to resist the devil. We're to recognize his work. We're to recognize his spirit. And we are to resist him. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. If most, most church members met up with a demon or a demon-possessed person, it would freak them out. They would run screaming. They would run and hide. They would not know what to do. The Bible is very clear what to do. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. That's before the demon ever shows up. That's a day-to-day thing. Resist the devil. You say, how do you resist the devil? You tell him, I resist you. Satan, I resist you. On whose account? These uh, sons of one of the rabbis approached a man who was demon-possessed. They were going to cast a demon out of him. And they said, in the name of the Apostle Paul, we command you to come out of him. And the demon said, all right, I know who Jesus is. I know who Paul is. I don't have any idea who you are. And they ran over there, chewed up and naked. I mean, a demon-possessed man tore into them, ripped their clothes off, scratched them, chewed on them, and they, they fled. Okay, so where did you find that? Book of Acts. You haven't read that yet? Come on, where have you been? It's been in here for years. Okay? It's not one of the new books they just put in. Okay? Acts of the Apostles. So how do you resist the devil? Satan. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I resist you. And you are commanded to flee by God Almighty because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. He has to do it. There are some demons that only come out by prayer and fasting. So you meet one that doesn't leave immediately. You get busy praying and fasting. 
until the Holy Spirit tells you to go back. And he'll do it. 30 years ago, I might have preached this message, but I wouldn't have sensed any urgency about it. But my soul, we live in such a demonic age, in such a demonic society, that I think every believer needs this. I think every child needs to know this. The truth of the matter is, some of them are more spiritual than we are. Children who love God and love His Word, spend time with Him in prayer, have more power than we adults who have become jaded and rationalized our sin to the point where really we don't have any power at all. Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I'm asking you to drive this message deep into the hearts of every person here. And dear Lord, let us not soon forget that it's through your word and the power of your spirit and through obedience to you, yieldedness to you, that we have any power at all in the day in which we live. Lord, don't allow the folks at Keith Heights Baptist Church to believe every spirit. Help us to try them, to know whether they be of you or not. Dismiss us with your love. Bring us back safely on Sunday. Guard and protect us in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.